It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hi, this is Tracy Swedlow, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Interactive TV Today, and this is Television Nation. Uh, Really happy to welcome Scott Schiller, who is the Global Chief Commercial Officer at a company called Engine. And I believe the URL for that is enginegroup.co. Oh, no, sorry, .com. Enginegroup.com. And uh, I want to say hello to Scott right here. Nice to meet you. How are you doing? Good to see you today. Very good. Very good. Um, you know, normally I work from home, so this is not unusual for me, but uh, it's certainly great to try to create video communications out into the world and see what people are doing. So I'm, I'm so glad that you checked in. Uh, you have a lot of experience with television. You have a long history uh, doing things. You are also, from what I understand, uh, one of the co-founders of the IAB, the Interactive Advertising Bureau, with with Randall Rothenberg. Is that true? He came along a little later. But okay. Yes. yes. Well, um, on your bio, it says not only are you an adjunct assistant professor at NYU Stern School of Business, and we're always very friendly with them over there. We have them. Uh, some of the students come as TVOT scholars to our conferences sometimes. Uh, that's a future discussion. And uh, that's in the entertainment media technology practice. And of course, uh, you are also a TV veteran at NBC, and you did quite a lot of work when they first became NBC Universal. Can you tell me a little bit about that and your background as a TV veteran? Well, yeah, my, my TV background began probably at the age of four when I started watching it. But I would say my professional TV background um, began in the uh, in the 80s uh, after I graduated from from uh, business school. And uh, I spent almost 10 years at MTV networks back when cable television was the new technology. So I've seen the 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 rodeo of what happens when new technology proliferates in um, into the the mainstream industry, and of course, today I'm able to talk about that. And um, you know, history repeats itself often. Uh, how uh, new medium get acclimated into culture. As for NBC, I joined about six months before merger and acquisition. I joined Comcast before merger and acquisition talk uh, mm-hmm. even became 
a, a, um, a reality. We spent about a year and a half pre-merger and then the, the, the groups came together. But I was there at the time that digital video rose to prominence and was integrated into the, the upfront television model. So full episode player was really the first foray of the network television ecosystem into digital video. And of course, programmatic um, and, and ultimately, uh, you know, uh, IP enabled television has, uh, you know, proliferated since that point in time. So I've, I've seen uh, that, that uh, happen. Uh, I think it's all moving in the right direction. The piece that's holding everything up uh, today is measurement. And how do you keep track of who's watching? Uh, what's the data and attribution associated with that? And so those are those are big discussions happening today, probably to be um, uh, exacerbated by everything that's going on now. And I know we're going to get into talking about that. Uh, I think all the data that people have been collecting for so long is going to have more of an impact now to generate new content, new programming, and new uh, and, and promotion of these services. So we want to find out a little bit more about uh, uh, your company. And this is it. It's called Engine. And so can you tell me a little bit more about what it is that Engine does? I, I, mean, I, I have a slide here, full service. Uh, yeah. Well, the, the, the structure of Engine is simple, right? It's a uh, full service uh, marketing services uh, company built on top of a performance business as, as the slide states. So there's three pieces. There's a creative component. We are uh, uh, top flight both around the world and in the United States on uh, a, a simple ad agency business that creates content for, uh, for, for marketers and advertising services. Second piece is, uh, you know, important, which is our research and insights business, which is uh, more or less 50 years old. And we stay on top of trends and people uh, today. And then there's the piece that uh, is the performance piece, the EMX uh, programmatic exchange. And what we're finding today is that the combination of the portfolio is what marketers in particular want. And so uh, my charge on a worldwide basis is to sit with marketers, sit with agencies and figure out how we can drive performance and results through our uh, diversity of offerings. Primarily, reaching hard-to-reach audiences, we are um, right at the edge on consumer attitudinal and behavioral changes. You've probably seen our um, uh, studies that are coming out now. We're tracking the attitudes of consumers uh, with what's going on in today's world and sharing those with all our constituents. But uh, it's an exciting time to be in the media business. I don't think of us as in the technology business. I think of all of us as living in the media ecosystem, and it's our job to help consumers um, receive the offerings that our clients are creating, and it's our job to help our clients be more effective in doing so. Well, I, I am very curious about you know how all of these brands are going to 
continue to promote themselves. I mean, there's this, you know, this uh, patina, right, of having to, to be uh, transparent about the fact that we live in this world, the COVID world. And so how do how do brands um, come to you and say, well, you know, what do we do next? And, you know, what do you think they need to do? I mean, uh, I wanted to ask you about the upfronts because I know that's a very important topic right now and you're potentially leading your brands into that experience. Can you tell me, uh, here it is, uh, what are what is the status of the upfronts from your perspective and how are you going to help your clients? Well, I think I think we got to take a step back. The okay. upfront that I think that, that I would look at is, is how are, the traditional media entities dealing with the, the the upfront marketplace. You know, for digital, digital has always been bought and sold on a scatter ongoing basis with heavy up focus in the calendar upfronts. But what we're seeing today is both short-term and long-term effects of the media business. And I think that um, in terms of, of the upfronts, the upfront marketplace, the upfront uh, presentations, I think we're going to see uh, this evolve. Today, no one wants to make a long-term commitment. Now, I don't know if you know or understand the history of the upfront television market, but the history, if you date back to the 1970s, was uh, the ABC television network looking to uh, reach the automotive which is the largest category on television historically, reached the automotive manufacturers. And so they sat down and they said, what's the best way for us to sell you your goods and, you know, for your goods and services? And what they said was, we put our models out in October. So that was where the uh, broadcast upfront was born, was uh, the time period from October to September, the broadcast calendar year. But, what you're seeing today is an incredible disruption of that uh, of that model, and I'm I'd be surprised if anyone is making long-term commitments because an upfront is typically 80, 70, 80 percent of your revenue committed uh, at the you know in October or prior to October for the broadcast year. What I think you're going to see happen is that the Presentations are going to become uh, online, uh, maybe even via streaming services. And you're going to see content creation, which is part of this ecosystem, evolve dramatically too. The other piece that I think is important is that this will all move to a calendar basis. Uh, no one's going to want to say, I'm putting down now. 80% of my dollars. They might say today, let's get us through the end of the year and let's rethink how we commit to money uh, and how you commit to programming uh, for us to, to buy our media dollars in. I think in terms of digital entities, because I'm going to answer behalf on behalf of digital corporations, uh, digital companies, the way I would look at this is what I would say is that Digital operates on a calendar basis as well as an ongoing full year basis. Secondly, uh, digital has always been highly accountable. In television, you make a commitment, it doesn't deliver, and then the money gets held and respent by that same network and that same marketer. 
in media, in digital media, if you don't spend the money, uh, if you don't reach the people, the client keeps the money. And so this focus on performance is much more dramatic and will continue to be much more dramatic in today's day and age. But, but I think what I would do, Tracy, is take a step back from all of this. Uh, we've had an evolution of consumer behavior that has been driven by technology and accelerated by COVID-19. And today's 20-year-olds see an immediate impact. They already are acting differently. They will continue to act in the way they're acting. The 30-year-olds are understanding the importance of direct-to-consumer businesses and are responding and adjusting their media habits. And the 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 older folks, uh, the people that you know whose generation I fit into, are going to only start to focus on what's important for them now because this last two weeks has shaken up enough people that it has redrawn priorities for consumers. And so as a result, we know business will rebound. We've seen it at 9-11. We've seen it after the 2008-2009 recession. We've seen it every time there's a hurricane or an earthquake. But what will be different this time is both consumers and businesses will only focus on what's essential. There'll be much less waste, much less meetings and process, and much more focus on results. So if you carry that forward to your question about about how will the upfront evolve, I think it's going to become much more tactical and much more focused on what are you doing for me today and what flexibilities do I have to pay you to run my media, to change my creative, and and from the broadcaster standpoint, standpoint what kind of content am I going to give you and how am I going to produce it? Because one of the things that I think is particularly important to to understand uh, as we look at the ecosystem is the the content uh, evolution, the content creation process. This year, 2020, was supposed to be the biggest expenditure of content uh, production ever, more than in the past 10 years. Will that continue? Probably not. Will the pilot season operate on a September a premiere basis like it always has? Probably not. Uh, will the streamers continue to make as much content as they hope to? Probably not. And at the same time, if you look at the behavior of consumers, you know, they're, they're cord cutting. They have signed up for a million streaming services. We know that a consumer doesn't want to spend more than $50 a month uh, on, con on, on streaming services. So, once all the free offers evaporate, the churn will begin. So you'll have the cord cutting and you will have the churn operating at the same level. And so people are going to make the hard choices of what are they going to watch? How are they going to subscribe? And this will affect the entire ecosystem. So you're going to see a rebalancing of everything in this time period. So you, you I have to unpack a little bit of that because that was a, an amazing sort of... Um you know, uh, uh, from, you know, end-to-end -end discussion of what you think the landscape uh, is shaping up to be. But there's a, there are various observations that I want to ask you about. So, for example, we've heard, and I'm going to be hearing uh, tomorrow from uh, Chris Pizzero, who's with Canoe, who's watching the VOD landscape uh, with, uh, you know, addressable, you know, that, um, that, that there's, there's more viewership, 
there's more advertising monetization to be made. Uh, we're definitely seeing an, a major uptick. I've heard um, in my first show on Television Nation, uh, Colin Dixon from End Screen Media had had a conversation with Pluto and they are talking about a major uptick, right? So on the one hand, we've got a major uptick in viewership. We all know that um, you know Netflix, for example, is gonna be cutting bit rates because there's a strain in, in Europe and this and that. So I'm kind of confused about the uptick, but then I also know, of course, that not everybody has money to just spend on all of these services around the world. So there is gonna be some churn. There is gonna be you know, uh, some challenging financial decisions that people are going to have to make. And yet, how does that balance out with the, the fact that other people have nothing else to do and prioritize television? So I'm kind of curious how that is actually going to work out. And then on the other side of that situation is all of these things like we were discussing before the show, the, the Zoom shows, the compilation of people playing musical instruments, uh, interactive watch parties. There's so much sort of little, you know, experiments going on. There are many experiments going on. There's a lot of innovation. So I'm kind of curious about how the mainstream establishment, you know, streaming services are going to compete with the, the rise of potential innovation and the fact it's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. There are more, there's more interest perhaps in creating new content um, other ways you know, it, will they be competing with those people? Will YouTube rise even higher than ever before? Or will the streaming services be able to constantly give us a content? Because they're not able to produce new content right now. They're not producing on site unless they come up with new ways to make content. So what do you think about um, how brands are going to survive, uh, you know, or these new innovators or the students you're dealing with? Who's going to win out of all of that? People coming up with new forms of content or the big, the, you know, the older names coming up with new ways to generate content and uh, monetize old. What's so I think, I think we should bucket this both short term and long term. I think short term, every streaming service is seeing this as a marketing opportunity. Dave, most of them have disbanded their subscription charges 
and have uh, provided for free or lower price uh, usage during this time period to take advantage of the fact that people are around and consuming. And so I think in the short term, you're actually seeing TV ratings going up. People are consuming People are relearning habits. People are discovering and exploring. Uh, we will come out of that in three to six months. And as we come out of that as a company and as an industry, it will start to reshape longer term habits. I think at the end of the day, quality content wins and relevant content wins. But what will also happen as you look around and read the papers every day is every media company is going to be forced to consolidate itself, its people, its salaries, its resources, and begin to find new ways. Do you need to take that meeting in LA for two meetings, you know, for a meeting or two and fly across the country? Or now, now that everyone is being forced to learn how to use Microsoft Teams or Zoom or, or Google um, for, for uh, communication, Will you start to see new ways of communicating? And I think that you're going to see this generationally play out. You're going to see older people uh, try to hold on to their old habits, but they will loosen up a little bit because they've been forced to. And you'll see younger people just accelerate what they're doing. But what won't change is that people will still have limited expenditures on what to do. So. Um, you know, TV Rev loves to talk about the, the, the free advertisers supported streaming TV services or the fast landscape. I think that was a good move of companies like Disney to make their services free, to have Pluto TV free so, so people can consume content. But there's going to be a limit to that. And I think you're just going to see more of the same, but it's going to contract faster. The world will not look the same in six months to a year as much as people are hoping that upfronts won't change, television buying won't, behave, won't change. What you will see is much more focus on really measurement, really attribution. How do we understand who's consuming our message? And most importantly, is it working? And that's where companies like Engine can come in handy because we know how to find those hard to reach audiences because our tools focus on the recency of the consumer behavior and we're able to marry that with media. The companies that are able to do that will be successful in the new landscape. And the, the companies that traditionally haven't had to do that are gonna be forced to do that. Uh, prior to the last three weeks, network television was declining at 50, 60, 70% over the last two or three years. Uh, this will only be exacerbated. And I think, think one of the topics I know you wanted to talk about is what's live sports gonna do? Because today, if you look at the world, news is the new sports. This is this because there is no sports today. There is no live sports today. And what I believe is going to have happen uh, or what I believe is going to happen over time is that the value of live sports continues to be uh, really, really important. But the, the players in 21, 22, when the rights for the NFL and the rights for other major sports become um, available, uh, for purchase, you know, I would have said a month ago that the networks are going to keep it all. 
Uh, if you look at the economics, companies like CBS will be challenged uh, with their debt load and their new their 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 new construct to be able to hold on to 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 the football they have. Who will emerge as the players in sports? Will technology companies find ways to to get in on the game in much bigger ways than they do today? Amazon, Yahoo are playing around with it, but will we see this in a much more major way? Well, maybe, maybe there needs to be some other type of sport that will emerge. Uh, uh, a friend of mine uh, does uh, drone racing, you know, speed drone racing. You don't need a lot of human beings to manage that. And it can all be done virtually, right? You can drive a drone in a huge warehouse with lights and all kinds of stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of curious how the sports industry is going to transform themselves. Do you have any thoughts about that? I mean, I know it's not necessarily what Engine does, but... What do you think? Well, I think every business is going to transform itself. But let me just let me close out our last our last thought. Okay. Uh, if 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 live sports becomes uh, you know lo gets loosened from the grips of the traditional media companies, the entire ecosystem changes dramatically because that's what's holding the all the big media players is the news and the sports. And primarily, primarily the sports, although, you know, news is is hot these days, given all the topical nature of everything that's going on. I think sports is going to be new sports, of course, will emerge. But when you think about what the implications of moving the Olympics from 2020 to 2021 will be. Now, think about that. Take a step back. You have the Olympics, the Summer Olympics in 20. You have. Um, you look at NBC, they'll be covering the Summer Olympics, they'll be covering the Super Bowl in 2021, and then they'll be covering the Winter Olympics in, excuse me, in 2022, in 2022. So in a period of, you know, less than a year and a half, you're going to have two Olympics and Super Bowl. Are and you so absolutely, but I'm not absolutely convinced that we are, as a, as a worldwide culture, going to be able to get back to physical interaction i mean uh maybe certain parts of the world but i don't know i'm a little bit yeah i don't know if i agree with you on that i think it will i think it will continue listen i i think that uh for those of us who were around at 9 11 wondered if uh the, the airline industry uh would ever survive this and it certainly did and i think the that what you're seeing the government do are are take is taking steps to preserve many of the businesses that keep the world going. So I'm not sure I agree with you. Will there be a drone uh, uh, a drone racing channel? I think ESPN2 covers many of these um, sports that, that aren't mainstream sports, and I think you'll continue to see it. But, you know, the big drivers of people and usage uh, still boil down to, you know, the major sports like the NFL, like soccer, uh, like basketball, et cetera, baseball. Well, it'll be interesting to see if something emerges like a, like a two-person sport. But anyway, so do you, um, don't you think that news will just continue to proliferate? And will, I mean, will sports just take a, a you know, a hiatus? I mean, there, what is there to report? You can't even do anything. I mean, uh, news is just going to dominate. And will, do you think that the major players will, uh, be continue to be very successful, or do you think we'll see the rise of more alternative news sources like on YouTube? I see a lot of that. 
Well, I think that's and, and how do you, most people are trying to stay afloat and monetize too. And so I'm just wondering if everyone's going to turn to uh, new sources or. Well, I think that's been happening for years. And I think what, what the internet did and does to industry is it flattens it, it flattens it out. And so there was a time when TV just competed with TV, the news on TV and the, the, you know, was one bucket and print journalism was separate today. Everyone's everywhere. And I think you'll continue to see that. And, and in today's world, technology has enabled instant communication. All these trends will continue and be forced to even, um, you know, accelerate given what uh, shakeup is happening as a result of the COVID-19 um, you know, uh, uh, impact on the world. And, you know, this is different than anything we've seen in the past because this is simultaneous to the world. This isn't just a regional problem. This is a worldwide problem. So I want to go back to what Engine's doing. Uh, so I'm kind of curious how, uh, what your clients are telling you, because I think everyone's in shock still a little bit. They're trying to figure out what to do. And I'm kind of curious how long you think, it, how long it'll take for them to recover, to feel like they've got a plan. And what do you think they should do um, in order to successfully rethink their approach in this environment? Like I know you, we talked at length about the power of data and measurement and informing their new strategy, but how are you advising? Well, I would say that right now, the most important thing that anyone does is have empathy, uh, empathy for our customers, empathy for cons you know consumers in general, empathy for the world. I don't think this is a deal making time, although you're continuing to see to see deals happen. You know, our research tells us that online shopping is up. I think 42 percent of people believe uh, and are spending spending you know, much more online than they ever did. And I think that people are taking their vacations, their weddings, their celebrations, and they're rethinking them. You know, do we need to do it this way? How do we do it? When do we do it? Um, so what I would say- Are we all on a staycation here? An elaborate staycation? <laughs> yeah, and I would say, and I would say to you that, that the advice we give our, our clients today is let's help you get through this period of time let's help you rethink how we can do business better um when we when we come out of this uh i don't think again you're seeing a lot of transaction happening now what you're seeing is um juggling of you know what's happening uh, the big unknown here is when will this play itself out if we look at all the disasters that has that have disabled economies over the years it takes six months to multiple years for life to come back to some new normal. But there's not going to be an old normal anymore. It's going to be different. There'll be much more video conferencing. There'll be much more focus on results. There will be different kind of content creation. And and I don't think anyone really knows. So to, 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 to answer for my clients would be um, inappropriate. But what I would say to you is that everyone's focused on how do I just get through this? How do I strengthen my business? I know we've had two or three meetings in the last two weeks to talk about what's our business going to look like in 2021 and how do we get there now and, and, and take advantage of 
the rethinking that we all have to do as an industry. And I think that's going to benefit everyone uh, listening to this to, to, to this podcast and everyone in business today. Well, thank you. I mean, that's the goal here is to help get all of these ideas out there, to get everyone visible to each other, to realize that you're not working alone, that we're all um, trying to retool the TV industry. Uh, and, you know, actually, I did not even ask you who your clients were. Uh, I, you know, I see some things on your website. Can you be uh, transparent about who you're working with? Well, I, I, our, our, our agency works with all kinds of, uh, you know, media and entertainment clients, packaged goods. Jägermeister is a brand that, that comes to mind and, and HBO, you know, from the agency standpoint, our, our insights groups work with every single major packaged goods company. We own the Cassandra Report, which is a major trend report that has been around for many, many years, working with marketers that are focused on, on youth. And of course, the EMX business, we have thousands of advertisers, big ones and small ones. Programmatic, the programmatically driven, audience driven advertisers. So, you know, we see the world from a complete um, viewpoint of having these three different kinds of businesses out there. Well, I think um, those are all my questions for the moment, unless you have something else you'd like to address, anything, any sort of uh, statement of hope for the future? Well, I wanna wish everyone good luck. Uh, I think that we will get through this and people have to remember we will get through it. I have 96 and 95 year old parents and, uh, you know, when you think wow. about people that age, uh, they've been through much worse. So, so uh, you know, we will get through this. There's a whole generation of people. This is their first crisis. And, uh, you know, the, the our, our country and economy do survive. It just changes. All right. Thank you very, very much, Scott. I really appreciate your sharing your expertise, your um, your insights. Um, you know, you have a, a long sort of a view of the whole industry, and it's so valuable to everybody to hear, uh, you know, what you're thinking, because, um, you know, you can't make decisions about what to do in the future unless you understand the past. And the fact that you're uh, dynamically involved with Engine um, means that they respect your vision as well. Thank you so much. This is Tracy Swedlow, uh, editor, producer, showrunner of Television Nation. I still need to figure out what my new title is, but this is Television Nation, a show about the TV nation around the world. Thank you so much. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.